Welcome to the Twice Over Movies Podcast. If you're new here, check out our website at thetwiceover.com to get a better understanding of how we do our movie reviews. Our goal is to provide insight on elements of a movie which you consider more or less important so that our scores are never misleading. Remember to follow us at the Twice Over on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and support us on Patreon. Actually, here, let's just do the spoiler alert. And uh, my <laughs> my true recommendation is that you don't have to go watch this movie unless you want to... Wait, what? Uh, I guess study film. What's the, Wait, what's the spoiler behind that? It, uh, my, my point is, like, usually when I give a spoiler alert, I say, hey, like, it's definitely worth watching this. So oh, don't okay. listen forward unless you've seen it. But for this mov- movie, I don't think you're going to be spoiled too much if you haven't seen it yet so you can continue listening honestly yeah and watch it if you want to watch it yeah i think there's nothing to spoil in this movie um and you even if you watch it once i think if you like this movie you're going to be drawn back to it like i have i've watched this movie maybe three times i don't know why i keep watching it even though it's like it moves at such a <laughs> glacial it, pace it's it's just something about it um it's completely different you from like anything else Hoffman a lot though i do yeah and I, I yeah. do like character studies more than I think you, I think. Yeah, probably. Oh, also, this my first time for aesthetics, it. aesthetics, I wanted to point out Johnny Greenwood's score for this movie was amazing. I think he's worked with Paul PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson quite a bit in um, There Will Be Blood and then also in Phantom Thread, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this movie, it was amazing. The score was hypnotic and beautiful and eerie and like out of this world and fit the movie great i agree with you the score was pretty good in this movie i i did enjoy it so question for you for us yeah what was this movie really about i think this movie was about freddy more than anything way more than the master or okay. i shouldn't call him that <laughs> way more than lancaster and it's a movie about the relationship uh, not so much the relationship but being at a loss and being susceptible to a what's cult. out there yeah yeah to a cult, I guess, but I mean, it's a little, a little more abstract than that. Yeah, you know, character study. Yeah, sure, it kind of defi- describes the movie, but it's more than that. The themes that it's trying to explore, they're so elusive, and I don't know. It's it's about individuality. It's about, like you said, susceptibility to cults. It's about it's about Freddie being at a loss for what to do with his life. Right, his mm-hmm. the war's over, and this and now and now what is he supposed to do in one scene not the war the commanding officer or someone he's like uh people aren't going to understand at home what you guys went through um yeah, and that's like complete home. yeah that's completely true for freddy with he d- he doesn't have any direction in his life i think it's really hard to define what this movie is really about um because it toys with so many different subjects um and it never really gives any easy answers and it's really it's difficult it's a difficult movie to watch for sure yeah i mean that's a fair assessment like if <laughs> and i think this is what would push most people like away from watching this movie is like seeing how undefined what this movie really is mm-hmm. i have a question for you we we talked about like freddie and again we've been talking about freddie how he's like the one who's at a loss who is susceptible who is um who's at war but what is it about Lancaster Dodd that draws him to Freddy, and why does he continue? Oh yeah, that's that's like, one of continue my continue to support him. Mm-hmm. So the nagging question that that's one of the reasons I think um, he can't pin down where he, exactly he's met him. I think Lancaster Dodd 
who's who might buy into his own BS about past lives and such. He might think that mm-hmm. Freddy is himself in a past life, possibly, or something, some maybe something related to that angle. There's also that Freddy is such a loyal person to him, and I think that's why he's attracted to him. They're inseparable for that reason. There might be also this unexplored, um, I don't know, bromance between the two. Maybe. I mean, you know one thing I wasn't 100% sure about is was the guy at the department store when Freddie is a photographer was uh-huh. that a was that was that Lancaster dad that he gets in a fight so, with? So yeah, I I I thought that might be him. And I kept thinking is that what they're referring to like that we've met before? Yeah. And I I did some research on that on why the characters look so similar. They're definitely two different actors, but um, yeah. Why were they made to look? But they're similar. Similar, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. That was strange. Yeah. But okay, so so uh, what what's your answer to that question? Why are they inseparable? My answer to that question, from like a, just the outer shell of it, is that Lancaster Dodd needed someone to do his processing stuff on to basically do do his tests to like his like you say he's his guinea pig right and he wanted to have someone i don't know to be his okay. guinea pig for his experiments and then he can ha- write his book and make some money so that's how i saw it at like a high level but like you said there's definitely something else about it that because he could probably find that anywhere or true like i think he had that with to be subject yeah but with freddie it was something else it wasn't this like um he didn't fo- freddie didn't fulfill something like um What's a word? Concrete that he needed. He didn't fulfill a need. It was just something more emotional yeah. about it. Um, Especially after that dinner scene where you have uh, his uh, Lancaster's daughter, son-in-law, and his wife, all three of them be like, "Hey, we can't. We don't. We don't want Freddie around." Anymore. Right, and they He's presented rational arguments for, for yeah. the two and of he, them. He ignores them, or not ignores them, but says like, "It's our duty to help him." Yeah, and he doesn't. I think there's something he's not saying in that scene that his family, he knows his family won't understand. So he doesn't say it. Yeah. He doesn't properly explain himself to him. Yeah. And I think there's also that element of opposites attracting because that's what they are in this movie. Right. Yeah. I read a good piece where like, you know, he, he's not just an opposite in um, like, you know, you have someone who's super confident in Lancaster's and then you have someone who's like the total opposite physically. They're total opposites. Lancaster's a kind of big guy and freddie is like frail Mm -hmm. and um one seemingly can control his emotions and anger uh and one can't but we do see lancaster lose it a couple times and one's like super charismatic and you know has people following him whereas freddie is i guess like super creep i guess creepy to watch him it's um but do you think he's a creep uh dude he's he's pretty creepy man what I, I it's uh it's 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 tough to watch i mean because like, part of it is obviously his like maybe what he's gone through through war and then we also know that his mom um was in a mental institution so maybe if something is hereditary with his condition i mean he's got some obvious mental health uh, issues so it's like you kind of feel uh-huh. bad saying oh he's just a creep but like i mean he has some insanely oh, creepy sure. behavior yeah Okay. I wouldn't call him a creep. I, I just call him unhinged and I don't know. It's one thing to be unhinged, but like he's, he seems a little sex obsessed. So that's why I oh, put the that, creep label. That, that, that. Okay. I think, I mean, he is right. But there were others along with him in that, um, what do you mean? In, in that scene on the beach 
it's not oh, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. him that made that sand sculpture. That's also okay. There there <laughs> war is a bunch of guys, but like right. his it continues beyond that, right? When he goes when he's on the boat when he first uh-huh. uh it's like after the wedding, um Lancaster's daughters gets gets married, right? Uh-huh. And he goes downstairs to listen in on one of the processing sessions oh, the, that's happening and, yeah upstairs. and then he poses that he question just, to that lady yeah he poses that question yeah. like do you want to fuck to right. just another lady there and it's like okay man he's such a creep are you kidding me <laughs> yeah he he's not able to read the situation well like they're all working and he's just like you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i have a question for you sure my biggest complaint is probably that we didn't get more from the master or from Lancaster Dodd. Yeah, he's like, pretty enigmatic, or, right? They don't yeah. get into Did much. you want more? Did you think if we got more that it would be a more entertaining movie? Yeah, I think I'd agree. Um, there were moments in that movie where um, we were focusing a little on some side characters and we could have used that time to develop lancaster dot a little bit better or explain his backstory or yeah exactly and where he's coming from how he ended up where he is and why he has this uh following why he's pushing this cause oh, okay, i guess yeah. explore that i mean he, he's clearly a super interesting character both in real life to just like read up on like who this person was uh but that's like true for any like cult leader right um, right right but nonetheless that's that's interesting it's fascinating to uh, either read or see because it would have. It was just kept. It would have kept more audience, more of the audience engaged. Like in yourself, the movie, I right? You would have been. Yeah, like myself. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think I think the Paul Thomas Anderson. You made a decision early on to keep his character pretty oblique, enigmatic, not getting much, mm-hmm. not getting too, um, too into uh, his backstory. Um, just so we could, just so we could see the character. For how Freddie sees him, because Freddie meets him when when La- Freddie meets Lancaster Dodd when the movement's already under the underway and um, he's already put up this this almost wall, right? If Freddie had met him early in his life, we might have learned more about the character. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a conscious decision by the production team and the director and stuff, but mm. nonetheless, I think it would have been. You know, another way into that character would have been through Amy Adams' character. The wife, we could we could have seen yeah. the master. Through I thought her, eyes. her use was a little um, underplayed. It was a little underplayed, and but still significant, right? Like she clearly there has there were some scenes that were uh, there's a one where she's in the bathroom with him, giving him giving Lancaster a handjob, and it's like, hey, you can do what you want as long as people that I know don't know about it. Uh-huh. And then uh, there's the scene at the end when Freddie goes to England to see Lancaster Dodd and his wife is sitting there and she's like uh like you know she calls him out like you you look unwell like you look sick are you and yeah she was kind of the one calling out and she's she tells uh freddie early on in the movie like hey you can't hang out with us or can't be with us because of his influence right because of his influence and like if you don't quit boozing because he's uh he's a deranged unhinged alcoholic sure and, and he bring and he's bringing that to Lancaster Dodd, right? Because Lancaster is also yeah, indulging exactly. in those not habits. just Lancaster Dodd, but the family, right? To her, yeah, true. She might be afraid for herself, yeah, personal reasons. That last scene in the movie, that final dialogue, that sits the most with me, I guess. Um, that final scene, um, the master when Amy Adams' character walks out, mm-hmm. Lancaster Dodd, he's more free to talk to Freddie, and he talks to Freddie about. The possibility of Freddie rejoining the cause, um, but he sets conditions on it. Right? He's like, mm-hmm. you can join now, 
Um, I forgot the exact conditions. Can you help me out? I don't remember the exact conditions, man. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I just remember him saying that, like, uh, if you join, that you can't leave again. Yeah. And then he talks about, like, um, if he doesn't join now, that in any future life, they'll be sworn enemies or something, right? Yeah. And not just that, like, if he doesn't join now, he doesn't want to see him ever again. Right. And if they do come across in the future life that, uh, yeah, that they would be, like, he would not have any mercy on him and they would be enemies. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting. It was. I think both characters were... emotional about Yeah, they're it. both, I think, emotional. Because there's... They both clear, clearly love each other. Um, but yet, Freddy's never going to become fully under his fold. Um, he's always going to be like some sort of wanderer, right? Yeah. The Master's concerned about his own movement. He can't be chasing after Freddy. And his movement seems to have, like, obviously grown. It's international. He's got a school. Right. Like, the Master has moved on, it seems like, and I think Freddy kind of sees that, too. Yeah. He still offers his services, right? So... And, yeah, he's stuck in a, in the same place, really. He's back home, right? He goes back to Massachusetts and goes to see Doris, finally, and she's not there. She's married and has kids. And, um... Yeah. Like, he's, he's back where he was, like, before he even went off to the war, pretty much, and... Like he hasn't like nothing has progressed for him in any way other than that relationship he had with Lancaster Dodd. Yeah. He almost tries to process that. Um, the chick he meets in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, that's like the how the movie really ends. Right. Because then he starts processing her with the questions that he was first asked by Lancaster Dodd. Yeah. While they're having sex, of course. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's uh, it's fascinating. It's a little interesting. But it's still boring at the end of the day. Like you have to mm-hmm. be in a really certain mood to want to see this. And that I completely agree with. You've got to be completely patient and in the mood to watch this movie because it is going to be difficult. Um, it's not even too long, right? It's about two hours long. So it's not like it's dragging, but it's the pace is slow. The pace is slow. Yeah. And like not much is really happening other than like, like you said, some of the dialogue is worth like paying attention to. Some of the acting, I mean, not some, all of the acting is actually pretty exceptional. And there's, it's a beautiful movie, aesthetics, aesthetically speaking, right? We said the cinematography is really nice. Mm-hmm. The score is really good. Um, so it has like elements that are, that make a good movie. And that's why I think you can, if you, when you look it up, I mean, the critic score versus the audience score. There's going to be a big divide there. There's quite a discrepancy. And I mean, I tried to find that balance here when I was giving my scores too. Uh Um, And I mean, it will be reflective in our categories, obviously, even in yours. I mean, you definitely like the movie, but I did find faults in it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You had your faults in it. Right. So, you know, man, your tally and your order gives you an 89. Okay. Mine gives it a 74. So honestly, it's like you're the critic here and I'm the audience. (laughs) Yeah. I think we're going to find like similar um, scores in depending on who picked the movie. Don't you think? Yeah. No, probably. Yeah. I'm rewatching that final scene and it's, it's about um, the master telling Freddy it's he's Freddy's all about like being um, free and independent. And um, mm-hmm. the line he specifically says is free wins and no tyranny for you, Freddy. You pay no rent. Mm-hmm. And he's telling him yeah. to go. To go to that landless latitude and good luck. He's like, if you find a way to serve no master, then let the rest of us know. And Freddy's going on about the final dream he had. Yeah, it's interesting. So him going to England itself was from the dream. Like he didn't actually get a call. Yeah. (laughs) 
I found that to be interesting. I was like, oh, how do how do you know where to go? Where to go? Where to find him? That he needed his yeah. uh, cool cigarettes. Oh yeah, <laughs> true. The cool cigarettes. I didn't even like think of it, but. I mean, I guess if you're if you're a friend, you, you would know. know. Like, yeah, I would appreciate this. True. All right. Anyway, Fahad, I think we're pretty good here. Yeah, I think let's call it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with another one. Thanks for listening to this production of The Twice Over. If you haven't already, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcast, and remember to support us on Patreon or by sharing the podcast with a friend. Feel free to contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at The Twice Over, or email us at comments at thetwiceover.com. All of the music you heard is from Amerigo Gasway. Check him out on Bandcamp and Spotify.